0: Welcome to Nothing Makes Perfect, a podcast about practice. I'm Jeremy, and I have a treat for you today. I spoke with Chris Ruffalo. She's got a serious athletic background in basketball and rugby, but we focused mainly on her work. She's a high school health and PE teacher out in Oregon, and she does amazing, amazing work with the kids. In her words, she seeks to understand the person or persons in front of her, which I would say is like the biggest understatement in the world. Chris is the embodiment of autonomy. Everything she does empowers the people around her, and I'm super lucky to be one of those people. So one of the reasons it was important for me to bring Chris on is because I don't work with kids, I don't want to work with kids, I don't have the energy or patience to work with kids, but the work is so important, and I'm amazed by people who do. Whether you have kids or work with kids, or just want to encourage that same autonomy in yourself and your own practice, I'm confident you'll get a lot out of this episode. We talked about the selfishness of athletics, post-competitive divorce, saying yes to kids, and questioning the way things have been. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Chris, welcome to Nothing Makes Perfect.
1: Uh, I love the title, thanks for having
0: me. Thanks for loving it. That was, we didn't talk about that beforehand, but that would have been really crushing if you were like, I'll talk <laughs> to you, but you're <laughs> going to have to change the name.
1: <laughs> I do like that honesty, though. I, I I like that straight for it. Always. Yeah.
0: So I will have introduced you. I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to say about you because there's a lot that I want to say, <laughs> but I'll have done some sort of intro before people hear what we're saying right now. Okay. Um, so I just want to jump right in. Yeah. I would love to rewind like many, many years. I was kind of like, I was researching, you could call it, maybe like stalking you a little bit beforehand. It's all out there. (laughs) (laughs) I went way back on post-competitive insight, your blog as kind of a transition from, I think being an athlete to no longer considering Mm -hmm. yourself an athlete. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. So can you talk to me about, athlete chris before we get into like teacher chris huh
1: uh yeah so athlete chris was the machine um and it's funny and i see that with the kids it's like uh work really hard uh if something doesn't go right you're just not working hard enough mm. uh basically go 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 outwork everyone uh do the things that they won't Um, This is back in the day where like, you know, you had to print the internet because you weren't like sure. And so I would like research these things and I would make binders of like all this information that I know nobody else was doing. So uh, uh, taking that the, uh, you know, I played basketball for a long time. And then in college, I got into rugby. And that experience, you know, having to let go of basketball was like, oh, okay, this is what life is. But then I, I kind of just fell into rugby and was, like, really successful right away. And then I was like, oh, like, this is being good at sport. Um, and then literally just, like, became rugby for about nine years. And it's so funny talking about it now because I, like, have zero consideration for rugby. <laughs> like it's, like, it's like it didn't even – did it even happen? Like, a decade? Like, I spent a decade, right, like, coaching and playing um, – so the the basic genesis to go back from post competitive insight was creating and revolving my identity around this sport, and then uh, via injury and several other things, it no longer being a part of basically divorcing myself from it, and the crushing. Uh, I would straight up say depression that mm. came from that. I mean, we got to the point where I'm teaching at the school, and I was like like letting kids call me rugby, like that was like literally my name. So, um, you know, and that was the thing that people knew me as, and that was the thing that you know only I was offering to kids. Like I would go out there and tackle giant dudes, and it was just like, oh, like such a cool, you know, e- et cetera. And then to have to like walk away and like rebuild, and and that that post competitive idea is is basically just embracing regular. And and maybe what what if that was the pinnacle that people like reach for what if there wasn't this other thing that they had to become what if they could just be the best version of them and that was kind of the takeoff into well I figured some stuff out I've gone through some stuff maybe I'll just write about it and put it on the internet
0: wow so I'm gonna read a a small a small quote (laughs) Ah, from that this is July 30th 2014 which was like a hundred years ago I think Uh uh-huh Only when you fully give up the notion of being the best can you truly become a cooperative being. It's amazing how you pile up the wins when nobody has to lose. Yeah. (laughs) So you kind of put these two ideas against each other, competition and cooperation. And it sounds like for you, part of like becoming the truest version of yourself was cooperating and you had to give up a lot in order to do that. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it it is weird how it is like culturally it was pitted against. Like the only reason that I had value to people was because I was an athlete, right? That this is like I wasn't I wasn't silly. Like this is the reason why you know I I had teammates who said come over because I was on your team, right? Because I was good with the ball. This this kind of stuff. But like it seemed like the world accepted and cheered the sports part of me. And I was like, well, this is easy enough, so let's just do that. And during this process, you never think about the other stuff. You just you wait for it, and it has to happen. You wait for that injury, or you're no longer good enough, and you wait for that crash. And it's only then that you have to confront like the rest of you that you thought was less than, and how to build it up.
0: So <laughs> what precipitated the shift towards more cooperation in your case?
1: Well, uh, like necessity. So uh, I, it was a bunch of things, but I basically blew my knee out. Mm-hmm. Um, not even anything cool, just like a cut and like, and and blew the ACL. And then I had a uh, partially torn and then I had like a trip to New Zealand uh planned uh i don't know maybe six months after and i was like well i'm going to new zealand so i like just duct taped my name was like (laughs) new zealand is wild new zealand is crazy there's like these giant women that they're all really fast and i was just like i don't understand (laughs) i was like there's the tri-zone yeah please just go ahead i'm not gonna try to stop you um and during that i i pretty sure i tore it again so i came home and got it uh you know surgically repaired with my hamstring and this is the this is where I had to start figuring out the body. It's because I went to these professionals, and they're like, "You're healed," and I'm like, "I can't do anything that I used to do." What do you mean? Um, you know, for someone to say you're okay, and for me to recognize, know, and feel like, no, I am I am not as I was. That was the deep dive into like all the rehab stuff. Um, not only the the protocols and uh, the science and medicine of it all, but also like how to interact with yourself. It's what, what athletes are meant to do is, they're, they're, again, their job is to divorce themselves. It's to never feel pain. It's to keep going. It's to never show weakness. So I had to go from that extreme and, like, find my way to the other. Um, and dur- it was during that process. And I think being a teacher and seeing these kids at that stage and, like, fast-forwarding and being like, oh, no, like, no one's talking about this. Like, like this same thing might happen to this kid who plays soccer. Like, I wonder if anyone is saying, you know, like, Jorge, you're, you're, you're actually really good just being you. You don't, you don't need to be the star soccer player for, you know, to have value or meaning in this world. Um, but that was the big shift was all the stuff I was finding out and then just saying, I don't think anyone's saying this. And, I, and I'll be, I, the turning point I remember, you know, cause I would watch, I, I used to do the perform better circuit and like go to all those and. Um I was I was reading uh, Tony Genalcore's blog mm-hmm. which was like a daily blog and I literally remember being in my office and being like reading one and being like I could do better than this no offense tony but it was one of those wow. things where you're like like and so I was like okay how do you do this and um uh, but that was the whole genesis of like a, 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 again I this stuff that I figured out is useless unless I can give it to someone and High schoolers, you know, and the the youth, they really, a lot of them don't want it, are interested in it. So I just figured, well, let me just put it on the internet and see what happens. And in my mind, magically, whoever is looking for it will find
0: it. So let me bring you back to, you said you don't have to be the star soccer player. Like you can, you can be yourself and that's enough. Mm -hmm. Thinking like putting yourself back in a competitive athletic mindset, do you think in order to be the best, you do still need to go through that traditional model of like, try to defeat everyone and do not cooperate?
1: Uh, Well, I think, I think it is competition, but I think we disguise it as things like, like for example, we'll, we'll cooperate with our teammates, but like, if you're any, again, from my own personal experience, we could win the game and I have a bad night. And I'm gonna not talk to anybody on the bus, like that is the kind of that we could we could lose the game and I can have a good night and I would be fine. Mm. So, so in the idea of team sports, like yes, it's about it's about others and and cooperating in that way. But the goal is to beat somebody. Like you're gonna beat this team. You're gonna beat this one player that's opposing you. So, I personally, I, there there could be there could be ways. I just didn't experience it, and I think it's quite difficult because in and all absolute truth, it is a really selfish life to be an athlete and to be a, an, an elite athlete. You basically all that a human can do, all that possible and potential, has to be filtered into this one tiny peephole. Right. And that's very I and mean, this is why they can do the things they do, is because they've gathered these resources to do this one thing. If it isn't single-minded, I don't think, I think people figure it out, it's really not worth it. Right, this game isn't worth your knee, like (laughs) kind of thing. So, um, it may be able to do it. I I just haven't found a culture that is nurturing and supportive enough to to um, support all the sides of the being. Uh, There's always the underlying, yeah, but we have to win. Like that's the real goal here. Like you're great, but we have to win. So,
0: yeah, it's interesting. I'm picturing the professional athletes that I have some sort of understanding of like, obviously I'll never actually understand them, (laughs) but you know, you hear about different approaches to being elite and like Kobe Bryant was like, I'm going to be like texting people about beating them at 3am. I'm going to be like, you know, going to the court and working with my coach. I'm going to wake him up and, and drag him out and like ruin all my relationships in order to go be the best. And then you hear about other people who are like supposedly the cooperative ones, but even they are so competitive like lebron is about like building relationships and giving back to communities and everything but like he will destroy you if you get in the way of him winning. yeah
1: and that's like you, you have to reach a certain place in order to give back mm-hmm. you know what i mean right like that that kid coming up and I, I remember that little like CGI commercial where he's like looking at his younger self um and yeah when you reach the top you got to want to stay there so then you then you can expand out but not many people get there and to get there i think you have to be pretty singular minded about it
0: so i do want i do want to ask you about teaching but i i don't know i love sports and i hate so many aspects of competition so mm. i'm really curious to hear more about this do you think there's room it sounds like you hesitate to allow the possibility of like culturally can we play games and try to win like have an objective where one person is trying to beat the other and vice versa and they can still cooperate within that game
1: i well he, here's the thing it is really hard long process to change culture to dismantle systems um, of course if you want to win this game and you have people around you on your team you are going to want to work with them. You know we know who to pass the ball to and who not to pass the ball to for for, for whatever reason. Yeah. And in that moment, we aren't going to have like a Disney moment where like you know like I'm not going to pass to Katie because Katie has X Y Z wrong with her. I'm not going to just pass to Katie to cooperate. Like I'm going to avoid Katie, pass it to I know who can't in order to win. So uh, again, I think the idea of cooperation it's, it's like really what is it? Um, because Cooperation devoid of competition would make that pass to Katie because she's your teammate, right? And she's right there and she's open. So it's the decisions we make that steer us, I think, toward competition. And again, I wish, and the way I see it now, kids are starting sports younger and younger and younger, and that they're only playing one sport. And this idea of specialization—they're to, to spend all that money and to 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 put in all that time, and the parents driving them around and following to all these tournaments. Like, there's got to be an outcome to that. They're expecting something for that. So I cannot imagine that being less competitive. It seems like everybody's more competitive because the poor kid who isn't in AAU, whose coach also coaches the high school team, doesn't really have a shot anymore. So so I only see it kind of getting, quote-unquote, worse competition and more filtering versus less.
0: Yeah, I'm picturing like a funnel. And it's harder and harder to be within the funnel. Mm -hmm. So you're a PE teacher, or depending Mm -hmm. on where people are from, they might say physical education or a gym teacher. Um, (laughs) I think everyone has kind of an interesting relationship with PE when they think back on their own experience. But um, I'll share mine, which was I was the ignorant, happy, like, we get to play like this is the mm-hmm. class where we get to play, and I didn't know that like some of my closest friends were miserable in the very same room in the very same game, and only later did I get to hear about their experiences. Being like, that was fucked up. Like <laughs> we were forced to compete at these things, and like I I was Katie not getting passed to mm-hmm. right. Um. So <laughs> I'm really curious to hear like how how does athlete Chris inform. You know, I have to organize a room of kids doing physical activity, Chris.
1: Yeah. So um, the the general, the broad thinking is, is that you have to make the kids more important than the game. And again, the games are all arbitrary. And at the high school level, it becomes a lot of sport playing. So in the last decade plus, what I've been trying to do is minimize the importance and the focus on the sport and maximize like student autonomy and empowerment within it so um a lot of times you know we'll we'll still because kids need a familiarity um most there was actually i would take i'll I'll run back a little bit uh the high school that i teach at we split into four academies and there's a sports school, there's an art school, there's two others, but I won't even mention them. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I again, it's just not important to the story, but so there's just opposing, right? So you almost have to think of like the jocks mm-hmm. and like the emo kids, emo nerdy kids. I actually wrote the sports school, but then as I looked around and I, I saw like the direction it was going, I was like, oh, like these are all like former jocks trying to like teach current jocks. And it was going in a direction um, that I just I just didn't vibe with. So at the last minute, I jumped ship to the art school, which is like the other half of me. Um, and th- the glory of what that was, was basically I got very capable kids who didn't like PE. And I was like, I also do not like the way PE is. So together, we just, I mean, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever been a part of when you have a group of people and a, a leader given... given Anything they want to kind of create something new. There is this synergy of like I also hate this game, so let's change the rules. You like being physical? Great, no fouls, right? And so we would just we would make stuff up. We barely played any traditional sports. We created challenges for each other. We did a lot of like person on person stuff that that people don't really do because it's so much easier to give a kid a ball and you know have them go at it. Um, so I'm like. Right now, I'm trying to think. Like, what was the exact question again? But uh, the the general concept was how do I minimize the you have to play this sport because I say so. How do I minimize that and break it down into the essences of what it is and allow them to play with those ideas. An example would be, you know, quote unquote basketball. So it, we're in a basketball unit. And the first thing we do is I make sure everybody has a lot of balls. Like Everybody has a ball. And I just watch what happens. And there could be kids making a little game together. There could be um, two people just like talking to each other. Some people lap. Um, but every single kid will bounce that ball. So it's like, okay, I have the common denominator, ball bouncing. And then we'll like do stuff as a group with like, can you bounce the ball in unison, et cetera. But Knowing that there's all these kids with all these different interests and abilities and confidence levels, there is never a time where we all have to do the same thing, right? There is, hey, you ready for a game? Who else is ready for a game? Great. Here's your basket. Here's your ball. Go for it. And the ones who, who actually wants to get better at this, oh, okay, then we'll actually break down shooting. Who just wants to like, you know, be in a spot with their friend? Awesome. Just take that ball with you. Right. So so there's always this micromanaging and, and the development of options within the class so that people can be with the peers they want, which is their number one thing. Definitely showed last year. I just want to be with my friend. Like nothing else matters. Um, and uh, again, allow them to self-organize and never feel forced. And even if you have want nothing to do with basketball, tell me, let's figure out a plan B or C.
0: Okay, I'm imagining a lot of pushback. <laughs> I'm imagining pushback but, from an administration, parents, other PE teachers. What What's like a common um, barrier that you face?
1: Here's the big secret. Nobody cares about PE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How like,
1: convenient? It is, it, is, it is the most... I mean, if I would tell you the stories of last year when we had like a long-term sub and like... <laughs> like and not one administrator would walk in there because they were like, we did this. <laughs> we do not want to see what we created. I don't
0: want to know what's And
1: it's Exactly. But that's the thing. So, and here's like, again, ask me a question, administrator. I will give you an answer. I have a reason for every single thing that I'm doing. If the purpose of PE is to make good basketball players, then we shouldn't call the class PE. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, People, a lot of people. Here's the thing: a lot of people thought it was less than, like all the like jock kids who were not like basketball athletes. By the way, athletes treat PE like it's lunchtime recess. Right. So I don't want to hear from them either because it's beneath them because they have practice after school, and far be it they expend any <laughs> energy um, because it's beneath them. But um, the we we did things that the other classes weren't willing to do, like we wrestled. Like I said, we had like, we were physical, like, go ahead. You want it? Take it. You want the ball? Anything you want to do, go. Like all the things like, you know, a a ball goes over the fence and the kid like wants to climb. And then he's like, no, go, climb. go get it, jump over. So that was the other side that nobody saw because nobody was paying attention is that all the things that people would say no to, you're going to don't, you'll get hurt. That's too heavy for you. I I would just be like, go ahead, Mm -hmm. give it a shot.
0: It's the stuff in between, it's like the music in between the notes. Yeah. That actually matters. Yes. So I have I have made fun of this and I've, I'm in the fortunate position of not having to actually do the work. Like I've always said, I'm in awe of people who work with kids at all because it mm. seems to require so much energy and so much patience. Um, but I have made fun of the fact that physical education in quotes is not a physical education. And again, like I had a pretty good experience in it, but it still didn't really teach me anything. I was just like, I'm not one of those jocks. I wasn't like on the sports teams. And now I get to like have fun playing sports and trying to win. I was kind of like in the middle where I was comfortable Mm -hmm. playing, but not good enough. Um, So can you give like a a working definition or a mission statement of what is physical education?
1: Uh, in simplest terms, it's to it's to understand and interact with your body. Like that's what it now now it may be in the context of another person. It may have an environmental. It, it could be here's an object. You know, or even um, the thing that happens that these kids know so much about these games, but they don't know anything about themselves. Like anything tweak happens, it, it's like they pause. Like gonna go see the trainer. So there's there's this again. There's this natural inclination to outsource what to do with our bodies be like, oh the PE teacher said run so I should run and the the fifth is like hey what is it that you actually like how do you improve at it and how do you kind of expand what you're able to do and find context and meaning in and that's 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 what I would say with the, the, the sports the games the balls you know the fitness test we dropped a long time ago uh, again we just want to make this is, the fitness test reminded me of other than the kids that were good at it when I worked at gold's when I first moved to Oregon and like the sales pitch was to make people feel bad yeah. so that they'd buy sessions. And I was like, this is, and it was funny. Cause I, you know, I'm in a department and this department is ever, I'm the only like standard in this department. But, um, as soon as I was like told the others, I'm like, I'm dropping these fitness tests. Then they did. Like it was this weird, like, again, nobody wants to do it. Doesn't really serve a purpose. Like, Again, we could do whatever we want, so why are we holding on to these things? So it's weird how, you know, basically the entire department dropped them just because someone was willing to be questioned and be like, oh, I don't really know why these are important. Why are we doing them? I'm going to stop.
0: Yeah. For people listening to this, they don't see you raising your hand. Ugh. Like There needs to be someone willing to raise their hand. And I feel like that's you in a nutshell. You're just going to like step up and raise your hand and let whatever is going to happen, happen.
1: Yeah and particularly when you are when you have the the luck and the responsibility to be fully autonomous and given these kids it's like why not raise your hand like who are you following like again in each class even though it's the same titled class each class is completely different and it's based on the kids who are in it so you know we're, like i said we're going to start school and it's all going to be the same class but we got a lot to figure out as you know and this other idea of like building community like that is like a lost thing. I mean, if, if I go sub for a teacher and, and, and the, get on your Chromebook and, and do the assignment, I'm just like, why are we here? Like like this community, like I'm only going to play with you if I know you. So that community building with each of these classes is also going to be another, and it isn't like an icebreaker thing that you do and then it's like magically done. It's like this, this forever connecting, uh, how do we build different partnerships and how do we get a group that in, at least in some way cares about each other so you know what we do together has some meaning and matters.
0: I hear that talked about more at the university level. Like, yeah, the the coursework is important, but it's about building relationships and and finding yourself and all this stuff. But like, isn't that more important when you're coming of age?
1: <laughs> exactly, and the fact again, and I always I always make this joke like all these like you know, pie in the sky people super heralded like teachers. I was like, oh, I wonder how you do with third period. Do you know what I mean? A bunch of kids who didn't want to be there, tossed into a room, go. Like, let's see how FRC works. Is it, they're going to, they're they going to catch on? Like, so it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where, again, they have no choice. Like that's a, like, they have no choice to be there and, and you're put in charge of them. So what's going to lead the people or the stuff you have planned? And as soon as I tossed the plans away and I started working with people, I was like, oh, I get it now. I get it.
0: And I love that you pointed out that every period will be different because it's so obvious when you think about prioritizing the people. But the typical plan would be, okay, we're playing basketball. So every period is going to be basketball and it's Mm going to look fairly similar. And the athletic kids are probably going to win and the other kids Mm -hmm. are probably going to cry. And then everyone leaves and I do it again.
1: Right. Like, I mean, again, that like, the pe is the, it's the biggest gateway to kids and their bodies and high school is the last shot we got at them yeah. so are we going to make it a terrible experience that they get out and they're like oh that was the worst and if my body sucks and i'm i'm, I'm the worst compared to everybody or are we going to try to like build them up and again that's very like no-brainer to me like we we have to get them to like be interested in themselves first and foremost
0: so you mentioned dropping the the physical fitness test which I want to applaud <laughs> uproariously <laughs> and I'm curious do you have to give any sort of assessment grading anything like that
1: no this this goes on well I mean we grade okay. uh, but the the grading is is fully based on participation mm-hmm. that's the I mean quote unquote we shouldn't be doing that but if if it's like <sighs> You know, let's, go, let's use the basketball again. And, you know, the unit is basketball. And this kid can already shoot a basketball. If we don't tie it to participation in some way, then that kid will be like, look, I can shoot, and then I'm going to be in my phone in the bleachers for the rest of these two weeks. So um, the grading is basically participation, like, hey, were you here? Were you on time? Um, were you in clothing that did not hinder anything? Um, were you able to to participate in a way during the course? of the class. And, and I, I'm not saying like, Hey, you got, I get it. I get it. You get tired. So there's none of that. Like there's none of that like, no, 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 you're great. It's like, Hey, need a break? Take a break. So again, very, it's the same thing that I would treat adults with. It's like we don't give kids enough uh, uh, wherewithal to like make decisions for themselves. Everything's like punitive. So once you stop making it punitive, like you don't like you need a day off. Yeah. Sometimes I do too. Perfect. Okay. How are you going to spend your time? So it's just yeah like here like again this this thing I'm supposed to give to you I'm going to put it in your
0: hands. And again it sounds obvious when you say it the way that you say it like if you treat a high schooler like an adult and they walk into a basketball unit obviously you would expect that some kids are going to walk in and be like I don't like basketball right if you were teaching an adult basketball class to a group of people who hadn't necessarily signed up for basketball, you would never just assume, like, you're all going to fall in line and play <laughs> basketball. They would walk out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're not grading kids per se. I'm curious how you think about kind of assessing yourself and, like, whether you have been successful with the kids.
1: Uh. So it's really funny. I'm going to, like, I'm gonna say this. I probably shouldn't say it on camera, but, <laughs> um, but the evaluation process for like at least my for PETG in my experience has been as much of a joke as people think. You know, there'll be you know I had an administrator like you know walk through the room to go change his clothes to work out several times and was like, yeah, I know what you're doing. And I'm like, do you? Um, but but he was very glowing, and it's again, there's this weird thing that's happening where like the people in charge are very sure that I'm doing the right things, but they don't know what those things are (laughs) in any way, nor do they have any wherewithal about, Hey, maybe this is important. It's just, we could put as many kids as we possibly can fit in here and they're going to be all right in this gym. Like that's the, that seems to be it. So I learned a long time ago, it's on me. Like this is the same thing as, as an athlete in coaching. Like I didn't rely on my coaches. I, I knew how to teach myself. So the teaching process, I mean, I go through a, a large reflection. Like I am constantly assessing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing about reflections too, as far as it's like this, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily, it's not, I write things not for the public, but for me. So, you know, putting, putting a, a year end reflection on here is me sorting out like the things that I found to be true. And it's, it's funny because I was just having this conversation Um, Uh, there was a time a few years back where I I did this little series called Critical Look. Basically I looked at the, the, the fitness systems that are out there that I was like, you know, bought in on the two that I mentioned were FRC and Fighting Monkey and as I again was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest. And I'd like try to give it to kids. They have no buy-in and bias. And they're like, this is actually really boring. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> so, um, so I, I wrote these critical looks about these two things. Um, and then I was like, but wait a minute, that's not fair. And then I wrote a third one that nobody paid attention to because it's me about my own practices. Like there's a critical look at what I'm like, this is what I think is happening, but I'm not sure. So how can I be more sure what kind of stuff can I get from the kids that either said like validates my things or saying you're way off. And when I'm way off, I've learned like to not like, to not take it personal. Like I have, I'll give you an example. So I had this final last year and uh, I was gone for several months. Cause I went back to go back home to take care of my dad. So there was a sub and um, you know, I said, Hey, like, did you enjoy your time with the sub better? Was, it, was your time, did you enjoy your time here more when it was the sub or when the teacher returned? And so I will get these like handwritten things being like, don't be mad teacher, but uh, I really liked when the sub was here because." and like they picked them. And then I when I had these exit interviews, I, I said, hey, I noticed that you were one of the ones that were like, <laughs> and, and they, they're like sheepishly shy. I was like, yeah, because we could do whatever we want. And he didn't really care. And I was like, fair, fair. But they trusted
0: you to tell you that. That's that's
1: wild. Yeah, like this is the this is the thing. Like this is where we start. Like again, you're not like this building of trust. You're having a bad day. Like you don't. Hey, your boyfriend's in the next gym, and like you really want to be with him. Great. Well, I don't know what's going on. Why don't you just go get him and bring him in here? Like I can do that. Yeah, you could do that because nobody cares, right? So, like you're not having a good day. Like what is it that you need? You don't know. Okay. So this person isn't isn't well at the moment and and they're they can express it but they don't know what they need so then I will do is it time is it space do you need a friend you know and a lot of times I'll just like give them a little no- locker room nook to like take a nap or do whatever they can and it's it really becomes this thing of like again it's not about the games it's not about the, it's about you like you being able to communicate what you need gives me the chance to give it to you and and it doesn't happen overnight, but I think it happens. And and I, I guess kids talk. <laughs> I don't know. But it happens little by little, where you know all of a sudden it's like last year, which was chaos, and there was just like you know an extra fifteen kids in the gym, and it's like you know noticing that these kids shouldn't be in here. But I was, I'd, I'd walk up and I'm like, hey, are you in the bathroom right now? They're like, yeah. All right, you got five minutes. But, you know. <laughs> so it's and it it's also weird because. Especially, you know, building this community. In order to build a community, you in some way have to protect it from other people trying to, quote-unquote, infiltrate it or make it something else. Uh, Especially in the beginning phases. This is like TM. This is the whole thing. But once you have to, once you are okay enough to recognize that these, these onlookers might also have a stake and might also have somebody to contribute. That, um, hey, this friend is in the bathroom, like also is a good friend of a kid in the class. And now that he's here, like they're having a better time. So it's like, oh, okay. So this idea of being less protective and, you know, sometimes you'll get knuckleheads are just come at it and you have to just like, you know, uh, do the kicking out. But again, just observing without necessarily stepping in every time and asking questions, but just observing and see what happens. Um, and then asking questions instead of telling, like those two practices just seem, and as hard as it was, and it was hard, it was really hard last year. It's going to be really hard this year. Um, it allows you to manage because it isn't one person policing a hundred. It's like 2030. Cause I'll get kids being like, like <laughs> they won't be the snitch, but they're like, look. And they're like, Oh, like, Hey, I'm like, Oh, and that's a new, you know, there, this this thing where we kind of like, I don't want to say police, but. We, we observe and we protect together, um, and it's and and when that happens, it's something of value to everyone. So again, they're choosing to be there; they're choosing to 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 be engaged in some way, um, and they also have to recognize it's special because they they are pointing out flaws and potential threats to that special.
0: Okay, I'm going to compare it to adults again. There's so much talk in the coaching world about getting buy-in, like whether it's an athlete, like how do you get them to buy into your strength and conditioning program or um, a a normal person, I think you referred to them earlier, like how do you get them to buy into building this habit around fitness or something like that? And with teens, I feel like people don't even ask the question. It's just you give up. Like you're not going to get buy-in from them. So what can you do given that you're not going to get buy-in? And what you're saying is like, well, why don't we just – give them whatever they want (laughs) why don't we just assume buy-in and see where it goes
1: or or even i I would kind of go one step into what what if the buy-in was that you could figure out what's best for you like what if that again it's not it's not this it's not me it's not the sport it's the buy-in is that you can make decisions for yourself that that are going to result in in positive outcomes Right? And again, it's teenagers, so sometimes you get burned. Sometimes that you, you get burned and you know like, oh, well that we can't do that. But but again, it isn't it's life and if you talk about it, like we're all going to make mistakes. So instead of being like, you know, shaking your finger at this kid like, you ruined it for everybody. Like, hey, what was going through your mind? And, and and to have them again, how do they reflect and recognize like, oh, there was the error right there. Okay. So I might need this instead of that.
0: Are you familiar with restorative justice?
1: The phrase, yes. The phrase makes sense to me.
0: I feel like Um, you're, it's, I don't know, it's like a restorative approach. You're kind of assuming there's this like layer of brokenness in the system of like how we teach kids to move their bodies. Oh,
1: there's no assumptions. That is fact. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I guess it's very obvious from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And you're just saying like, how can we, can we work directly with that? Like, we have this problem, and we have people in front of us. They happen to be young people. How can we approach them and and encourage them to get to know themselves in a safe space?
1: I think the word restoring is is really is really the essence of everything. Because in general, kids are fine until we screw them up. Until we say that's not right. No, you have to kick it this way, or no, you have to like. It's us that we have these things. You know, you watch you watch a young person move around and this and that. And they have all the capability and capacity and possibility. And we put them in these boxes and, you know, and we try to ship them out as this one thing and and we don't, does this match? Does this work? It's, we just keep, keep passing them down the line. And then they graduate and it's like, well, good luck out there in this world. Like again, all the help that, that constricted these boxes goes away and we just expect them to know how to make decisions for themselves without honoring that skill.
0: It's like what you were saying about selling at Golds earlier. Like instead of saying like, look at all these things you can do and go play and explore and have fun, we're like, Well, kid, you can't you can't squat, you can't play basketball, you can't do all these things. But at least at golds, you're doing it to make money. Like the outcome is you convince them that they're bad, so you get money. Mm -hmm. But with the kids, like, what even is the purpose of telling them that they're bad?
1: Compliance. (laughs) Okay that's it's it's some people's way of compliance like again it's only the only way that i'm going to get them to do what i want them to do is by threatening some kind of punishment Mm -hmm. and if i if i break anything, you talk about military if i break your spirit then you're going to be very malleable interesting that's my guess anyway it's
0: so this podcast doesn't exist yet you know, no episodes have aired, but I'm imagining someone is going to listen to this in the future. (laughs) And I'm imagining some people who you might call like hobbyists. So I like to practice handstands. I like to dance and and see how that feels. I like to kind of take on activities and and do them because it's fun to learn stuff. Mm -hmm. They might be thinking back to their own PE experience or they might just be like putting themselves in your class. Like I'm imagining wow, I would really want to take PE with Chris. Like, that sounds like a good time. Can you picture, like, do you have the the kids that you're teaching right now and you're like, oh, that person is going to turn into, like, Jeremy the nerd who does handstands and juggling?
1: Uh, no, I, I, I really, this is the idea about expectations. Uh, uh, I could I could have that vision, but the idea is, like, what good is that vision? other than putting, like, pressure and expectation on this thing. I mean, I've had stellar students. I remember I had two, um, like, like, gosh, anywhere I would go, they would go. And they wanted to learn, like, everything about the body possible. And they even did this, like, like uh, assembly performance about, like, taking a teacher and, like, helping them, you know, like, squat better, like, right live. And it was great. And it's this thing, you know, like, one continuing on the path is, like, at a trainer right now, and the other one, right – their life just didn't pan out, right? He, he there was there were, there was a pregnancy, and then there w- you know then there was a uh, a separation. So it's like the life. I don't want to say maybe, but the life drama and the chaos of life just kind of derailed that thing that that once showed to be a passion, and maybe it really wasn't a passion. It was just it was some sort of acceptance that worked out. So um, there's always these maybes. But again, life's, life's funny. You never really see where it's going to go. I am still in like friendly relationships with, with a few students, but, um, for the most part, how I feel and the why I can give what I give is like, like you're supposed to leave and I'm supposed to leave you. And like, that's, that's kind of the end of this relationship. Um, so I really kind of allow that letting go to, to take place. Um, Even at the end of the school day, it's, like, on-off schedule. I don't know how teachers with kids and families do it where you're, like, no, wait, now you got to go home to the – like, it just seems way overwhelming. Um, So the on-off – it's weird, but it's the on-off of care allows me to, like, put forth so much during that time because I know there's an end, end point where I could just, like, drive home, eat some food, and just lay in bed for the rest of the night
0: interesting that was actually one of my questions like do you take work home with you did you have to work on that or did you always just kind of shut it off
1: the I I prop I think I had a you know I used to be a planner I used to be a again because how am I gonna know what I'm supposed to do if it was not on a piece of paper but I learned through the rehab work that I did working with clients that you know they would they would see me for knee issues and you know I'd be like okay what can I do for them I spend all this time writing this out and the next day they come in, you're like, my neck's really bothering me. And so I take these and I just like threw these plans away. So I was like, why am I preempting this? Like, why don't I just, you know, have that conversation, develop enough options and enough like arrows in my belt to be able to go wherever they need me to go. And that really translated to the to the students. The the only thing, uh, and it happened beginning of last year, the only time that I take it with me is if it's a really bad day, like a really bad day. And It's one of these things where you can't figure a kid out. Not like he's a jerk or an at-right, but it's just like, okay, this kid needs, you know, and it finally had to be like this this kid and these other kids that happened to me in this class, like they need more than I can provide. And it's not fair to the other 40 kids in the class that I'm constantly like, don't kick the balls up there. Please don't throw the balls on the roof. Like all these things that, that's the only way they know how to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's only those really bad days where I try to take it uh, where I take it home and I try to figure out how I could approach those kids the next day, but otherwise it's it's punch in, punch out.
0: So you're the way you talk is so energizing and inspiring, <laughs> and I'm like, I want to go teach kids. I want to go be a PE <laughs> teacher. I'm like, this is amazing. And I had, you know, I couldn't help but picture those like tougher days. Like obviously, this is hard work. So when you're about to start a class. Are you typically just, like, lit up, ready to go? Do you ever find yourself dragging to class?
1: So uh, I found out a long time ago, when you have to combat the energy of, like, 40 dragging teenagers, you have to be able to bring it. So it it literally, in my head, it looks very much like a prize fight. So there's, like, these rounds, and then you have, like, that, like, (laughs) <laughs> right, and it could be like you know you have some cold brew and you take a few sips and you're like all right, and then you're like, you like and then and then lunchtime is the bigger like okay reorganize reassess like really really shut it down and then you finish out the rest of the day, um, but the answer is no like I can't get in front of kids and be lethargic um you know it, it and if it were I mean I must maybe I'm sick around and I'm really sick but I'll just tell them like hey guys like I'm not feeling and. Typically by that, because I luckily knock on everything, but I don't get sick very often, and they know it's rare when I don't have energy. So they they help me by picking up the slack in that moment. Um, but yes, the energy demands are enormous.
0: I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to go way back to the beginning of our conversation. We're talking in like professional athletes now. Someone comes to you, either in real life or hypothetically, and they're like, my kid is the next professional athlete. Like they're going to be amazing. They're driven. They're already doing all this strength and conditioning and blah, blah, blah. But we've, we've heard about your work and we want you to help guide them. Is there, can we like bring these two concepts together of being driven and competitive and autonomous and playful and exploring your environment?
1: Uh, The answer is yes. And I feel, I feel in you know, I, I work. I would, in general, if I talk about the young kids being in, in that instance, let me just work with your example. In that instance, I would just the 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 solution is simply talking with the kid, like one on one. Hey, like, what is it? What do you like? What do you not like? And and seeing if the answers are thoughtful or if they're like rote and like. So that would be the thing of dismantling this. And again, like, this is supposed to be fun. And this is the thing about you know even in like play and practice, like, you know, people try to make these distinctions and I'm like, they should be the same thing. And we can't forget that in the aspect of play, you have the right to say no and leave, right? There's no time limit. There's no, and again, like adults, like you get to make these choices. So um, I certainly, what I would do in that instance, I would take this kid and I, you know, would see what's going on. The, The issue is, is that, the parents have different... And I've never had... Luckily for me, I've either had adults or I've had parents that are like, take this children and also take this child. You can have both <laughs> of our children for it. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> So I don't have these hovering. But if they did, again, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I would have these conversations. Um, so there certainly is. And I think you just have to keep finding the middle of the spectrum. So if... Um, I've never had a kid that's too playful, but if I were to say on on your round that is super aligned and driven in this parent, I would I would probably put them in situations that are maybe not sports specific and see how they do. Um certain games in that way and and see if there's cross application, how competitive they are. Um You know, if they're a foot athlete, I might look at them throw for a bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to like flip the script on them and just observe them in that not stellar state and, and go from there.
0: So your practice is teaching kids. You have many practices, but that's the one we've been (laughs) talking about. Did you like, can you go back to a time when young Chris like didn't understand any of this? Can you talk about how you discovered like what kids needed and how you were able to provide it?
1: Um, okay. So what I can say for myself is I have always just continually followed the things that were interesting to me. And I can remember as a, the first time I fell in love with the body and like what is able to, I remember being five years old and I had to be in kindergarten and I was cutting a piece of paper and you know you have your your palm and your forefingers fingers under the paper, and then you have your thumb on top. And then I remember watching my right hand cut, and I was like, "How am I not cutting my my hand under this?" Like, and that I, I was just enamored by it. So it, it wasn't like I need to do this better. It was just like, "How is this happening?" So I basically took that and have been just doing that the rest of my life. Um, so I always and. I always thought I knew what I needed. Like I always, and that was always things that weren't like not popular because in my mind, if the popular things were right, then people would be better, but it seems like people are worse off. So if popular is going in this direction, it means that the answer is probably found in the other direction. I mean, I remember being like in high school and everyone's listening to hip hop and I'm listening to like 40 swing music <laughs> because I found it right. And it was something that was, it was something that was interesting to me. Um, So I I think just that notion of like what works for you because you're gonna have a bunch of people talking at you all the time trying to tell you or sell you what you need, Um, but you being able to like drown all that out and figure out again like who you are, what you like, what you want, because just like those kids when I when I pause everything I say, what do you need, and they look at me. Like, I don't even know what this question means because it's never been asked. Like, that's, that's the process of everything, is to help them figure that out. And you can't answer that for them. You can just keep providing opportunities and options that help them find their way.
0: So now I'm imagining the PE teachers around the world. And they're like, oh, my God, like... I've been trying to do this. It doesn't work. Or I got pushback from the administration. They did care. (laughs) Or um, it was going so well. And then such and such happened. like, do you, do you talk to other PE teachers? Is there a community of support for this? I
1: try to. um, It's funny because in my own building, uh, again, we keep revolving. We just got, I was like, Oh, we got two new PE teachers um, just this summer. And everyone is just kind of they do their thing on their island and knowing how much i like to do the thing on my island i'm not like they're not interested in what i do and i'm certainly not interested in what they're doing so um and i think once you experience that enough i mean in my mind i foresee you know when i'm old and i'm like cuz i want to i don't want to be doing this when i'm 65 like i want to retire as, as soon as i can i see myself you know somehow consulting Potentially PE teachers like in this thing, but just like clients, like I'm not really on the look for them. I just wanna, I just wanna keep developing the thing and to keep know the thing in and out. So should that happen, I can kind of have something. Because again, like how do you do what you do? Well, (laughs) there's a lot of steps in that process. There's a long story to it. So um, I, I am specifically trying to poke at that a little bit. There are some, uh, like I, I recently, there's like the PE teachers, uh, standards, um, for the state of Oregon. I recently like threw my hat to that committee and like doing those meetings. Um, and then there was this other, um, other PE blogs that I kind of submit stuff that I've written to, but, um, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, expect others to be like, I want this. Now, if someone raises their hand or reaches out, absolutely. But I always think finding, if you look too hard at finding the market, you miss what you're doing because your your attention is. So I'm just going to keep, in general, doing what I'm doing, probably on the side, dipping my toe in certain things and see if there's any reception, and being totally okay if they're not, and totally okay if they do.
0: That's like the eighth thing that you've said where in my head i'm like how does her ego not take over and it's remarkable like you mentioned the administration not caring about what you're doing you mentioned basically everything about kids <laughs> it's like how does your ego not say like listen to me like pay attention to what i want and now this i'm just like it's remarkable that you're able to put in so much time and energy into something so challenging and continually just like do it sincerely and for other people
1: i I think you when you work with kids you you have that that's why people get burned out right again when when you say it needs to be my way, and again, this was a transformation that that happened a, a while back about no, no no what I actually want is it to be your way because as I looked around, like what I did was i I made it my way like i everything has been my way, so how do I make it your way and that's that's the underlying like belly of all of this and if I did lose it I would be like whoop time to go um and like that makes me it makes me cringe even that that could happen because then all the motivations everything are are flipped as soon as you say listen to me um so uh I guess I appreciate that and I never really uh, I never really thought of it that way um but I can only be good at what I do by connecting with who I'm trying to connect with like, I have to get inside their their head and their body in order to help them. That This is like, you know, my dad, older, older people are also a very interesting group to work with um, as well. But yeah, it has to be through them.
0: So I think it's now the appropriate time to read uh, this quote from Post Competitive Insight. Quote, as a competitive athlete for 20 years, my sole focus was working to be better than other people. Skipping over a few words the start was a mind shift to cooperation and a mission to share what I once would have greedily hoarded for myself. And I feel like that is basically what you've described as your career. Like that is how you give to kids. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny too, like the different like branches of my quote unquote work and what I put out into the world. It is all, it is all that class. It always goes back to the class. And, and, and how do I give it and what did I find from this group of people? Because again, I, I basically have lived within this bubble my entire life and you can only allow so many people into that bubble, which I don't like to do. I'd like to, i like (laughs) to keep it. So, um, you really need them to reach them. And uh, again, what good is anything that you have unless you were able to give it in some way?
0: So I've been asking people this about physical practices like juggling, playing trombone. But in working with kids, can you describe to me like the best feeling possible in the moment?
1: Uh, gosh, the best feeling possible. Literally when they, when they were sure they couldn't do something. And they they give it enough persistence. Maybe it's three tries. It doesn't have to be like you know you know a half hour. Um, and they say, "Oh, I could do it," like that. That's it. That's nice. it. That's that's the essence. And you're like, "Yeah, I knew you could do it." It's just when, again, you believe for them that they can, and it's almost like like transfer of belief is like the best feeling possible.
0: Chris. I am tempted to start six other uh, series of questions right now and take you down six different (laughs) paths, but I think I'll save them for another time. So I just want to say thank you for talking with me. It's always awesome. And I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm definitely going to go back and listen again and learn even more, I'm sure.
1: Awesome. I'd be happy to come back and chat about anything else.